Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Um, so tonight, uh, we're chatting the other week and we decided to do a bit of a mini-series on um, finances and stewardship. And so tonight I'm going to speak on stewardship, but specifically in the area of stewarding finances, stewarding money. Your money is a subject that, uh, that we don't really like to talk about. Uh, we like to talk around it, but we don't really like to talk about it. We're happy to talk about the new car we got or the new phone we got, uh, the new house we brought. Uh, we're happy to show the new things we've got, but we're, we're a lot slower to talk about how we paid for these things. We're a lot slower to talk about the, the debt we're in, the sometimes inappropriate credit card debt from either insecure or lack of control spending. Uh, we're, not, we're not comfortable talking about our personal money, and so sometimes when someone stands in front of a church and starts talking about money, insecurity rises in the room because you're like, money's my business. And, and no one else is allowed there. And I've been listening to this preacher in America and he always says, I'm coming to someone's house tonight. And I just really feel like this is a message that we'll be knocking on some doors tonight. So I really encourage you uh, to just open your hearts. Um, like, like, we're just really not comfortable. Like if, if anyone uh, knows what it's like to vulnerably share your finances, like um, one of my, like the closest people to me, I showed him all my bank accounts and my, my, what I call the ABS banking system, automatic banking system, 18 bank accounts, 18 APs. And um, it was actually really, after it, I felt like a bit naked because he just saw all my money and everything that I had. And if I were to ask you in this room, like, uh, who would be willing to come up the front and share um, how much money you earn, um, how much debt you're in, uh, how much you're giving in general, how much you're giving to church, a uh, few people would do it. Am I right? And, and th- those that would, uh, most of them wouldn't have any money. <laughs> we're comfortable sharing about it when we don't have any uh, but we learn pretty quick culturally that if we have money, uh, we have to be careful how we speak about it. Um, a friend was in, uh, I can't remember which country, in Asia, uh, but he was on a sports trip and they told the team to not give out money while they're on the streets. And um, so he was, it was late, late at night going down the alleyway with a friend and this little, little boy came up to him and so he felt to just give him uh, some money and he pulled out his wallet and then out of nowhere, he said like 20 or so kids just came running towards him. And in his English accent, he was like, and I just legged it. And he, and he just ran. And, uh, and it's, it's just really funny when, when, when wealth and generosity is around, it's funny that the poverty that shows up in that moment. And I'm sure you would have experienced the same thing where you're in a conversation with someone who you're well aware has money and you're well aware they're generous, and now all of a sudden you become really aware of the needs you have in your life. Am I right? We've all had these moments. And so culturally we learn that when you actually have some money, you have to be careful how you talk about it because we're in a world where where there's a lot of hungry people. We're in a world where not everyone is full of the Holy Spirit and trusting God for their provision. Some of them are so dependent that, that, that they don't rely on the Holy Spirit, they rely on the poverty spirit. The poverty spirit that I don't have enough. And when you expose any degree of wealth that's more than theirs, they're going to look to you for that. And, and not only that, but, but if someone is aware you have more money than them, they're going to judge you on how you spend it. They're going to judge you on how you spend your money. 
And, and this is a problem when we're talking about our friends and our family, when we're talking about people close to us. And everyone in this room has, has had moments where, where relationships have been hurt, uh, where friendships have been ended or we've been uh, really disappointed or hurt by someone in relation to money, in relation to how we spent our money, how we spent their money, a, a business venture, a holiday. And, and, and we've all faced these hurts and so we've learnt that, that we're not actually able to share about money. We're not actually able to talk about it openly. And I'm not telling you that you should be telling everyone about what's in your bank account. But I want you to know um, that, that, that if we... Um, let me just get this. That without a real relationship with God and His wisdom in our lives, we can find ourselves financially living a very secluded life. We can find ourselves managing money all on our own. And that may sound good to you, but I want you to know that when you're isolated, you're, you're, you're never more vulnerable than when you're isolated. And so uh, God's placed a, a deep conviction in me that every time uh, I come against something that socially, and socially I'm talking like New Zealand-wide, not, with, not just within this church. Not within this church. We do a lot of things good in this church. But socially, New Zealand-wide, the place where most of us has grown up in, it's not common to talk about these things. But God's placed a conviction inside of me that, we're, that whatever relationships I'm in, whatever I'm doing, that I'm doing it real. That I'm actually engaging with, with the things that are scary to talk about it. And I do that by coming at the thing. By discussing it. By normalizing the things that scare people. By having authentic conversations with people about, like, do you tithe? And then actually having that conversation. And not judging, but listening. And humbly listening. So tonight we're going to talk about stewardship, but specifically about stewarding money. One thing to be very clear about is that, that money in itself is actually of no value. It's actually neither good nor bad. Uh, it, it's actually down to the independent value that we put on it that determines the influence it has on our lives. Money is nothing in and of itself. It is, it is just a bit of plastic or in New Zealand for 97% of our currency. It's just digits on a screen. That's all it is. But the thing that determines whether money is used for salvation, for healing, for freedom, or destruction, divorce, separation, isolation, is dependent upon the value that we place on it. The value that people place on it. 1 Timothy 6.10, this is a scripture that most of us know, uh, but some of us think of it as this, that, that, that money is the root of all evil. And, and I, I know at some point like that kind of got into my head that money is the root of all evil, but if you actually read the scripture, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the value placed on money that makes it the root of all evil. It's the value of love. Love is, love is sacrificial. It's giving what you have. It's decreasing who you are to serve that thing. And when you serve money, when you serve money, you, you, you'll, see, you'll see evil, you'll see destruction, and you'll see death manifest around in your life. We have the privilege of serving a good father, but money is not a good father. Every person in this room has money, some more than others. But while it is in your possession, while any sum of finances has been entrusted to your hand, you, are personally, you personally have the responsibility and privilege to steward that. 
So what does it look like to steward the money that is in our hand, that God has placed in our hand? The first thing we need to take into consideration whenever we're pursuing understanding and revelation is that, that we discover it. We discover revelation. Revelation is revealed to it. We don't create it. That, that we have actually been created by a loving Father, that, that we're, not, we're not a monkey that got lucky. We're not an organism that evolved, that we were created and God said, it is finished. Like we are who we are, God has made us and because we have a creator, we have a designer and we have a design and because we have a design, we have a purpose and we discover our purpose, we don't create it. You can create your expression of the purposes God has given you, but you don't create them. And so when we're pursuing wisdom, when we're pursuing revelation and understanding, we need to be understanding that we're, we're primarily discovering things. We're not creating them. And we discover these in the Bible. We discover these through uh, God speaking through others um, and in our personal relationship with God. Uh, but the key verse is Jeremiah 29, 11, for, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and give you a future. That word there, plans, means, means purposes or thoughts. So God's saying, for I know the thoughts I have for you. For I know the purposes I have for you. Purposes to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And it's our responsibility to discover what those purposes are. What does it look like to steward the finances that God has placed in our hands? We don't create the purpose of finances. Just because we really like that car doesn't mean we edit our theology so that we possess it. When you position yourself in your purpose, you have alignment with heaven. And alignment with heaven is defined by peace. Hands up in the room if you've ever felt anxious or worried about money. Most people. But when we stand in alignment with heaven, when we position ourselves in our God-given purposes, we feel peace because we're in line with how God's called us to be. When I think of stewarding finances, uh, I'm very like, I break things down and I see stewarding finances and I, I see finances, the tool, it's the what, and so I kind of throw that away because I've no value at this point. And I just look at stewarding and that's all we're going to talk about tonight. Like, what does it look like to steward this thing that God's put in our hands. Um, obviously, we live by the Holy Spirit. Obviously, we do everything in relationship with God. But He's also given us a set of principles upon which we can carry out the expansion of His kingdom. He's given us a set of principles, not rules, not laws, but principles, right most of the time, but not all the time. Right most of the time so that our priority is relationship with God, not holding on to the principles. Does that make sense? But He has given us principles. And so I want to ask you in this room, what do you believe the highest principle is that God has ordained in terms of uh, stewarding finances? What is the highest principle? Love, that's really good, sewing. So <clears throat> there are, are many principles to do with stewarding finances. But the pious principle of correctly stewarding, of heavenly stewardship, of what God has placed in your hand is generosity. That's the highest principle. That's the first principle. That's right at the top. And I really encourage you in this room that, that if, if you thought something along the lines of that, uh, giving or, you know, 
I just really encourage you, like if that's in your thinking, uh, to just double check if it's also in your bank account. Just double check, like if you do have a really high value uh, for generosity and in your intellect, uh, that it's also actually seen in the way you actually manage money. Like can I actually see generosity in the way you manage money? Um, so there's one, one scripture, this is like one of my favourite scriptures of all time. Um, and so if you've got a pen and paper, I encourage you to write it down. But First Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, faithful stewards of God's grace are people who use what's given to them primarily to serve others. The primary purpose of, of what, what comes into your hand and the life you live is that you are, you are serving others around you, that you are serving the world around you. Your stewards are God's grace in its various forms. There's lots of different forms, but tonight we're specifically talking about finances. And there needs to be an expression of generosity in the way we manage our finances. Um, the primary principle when stewing the dollars in your pocket is how can I serve the people that God has placed in front of me? Am I saying you can't be investing extra money into KiwiSaver? No. Am I save, saying you can't have a savings account? No. Am I saying you can't be investing money, saving up for an investment and then investing money so your money can make money? No, I'm not saying that. Proverbs 13.22 says a wise person uh, uh, leaves money for his children's children. And, uh, and there's a scripture, Proverbs 21.20. I really encourage you to read this in the Good News Translation. It's quite confronting. But basically it says that, that it's fools who actually spend all they get. It's fools who actually are unable to actually save or to gather at any level. They just spend all they get. And so what I'm not saying to you is, is you, you can't be saving. I think you should be saving. I think you should be investing, unless God's told you otherwise. Um, but um, what I am saying is the highest principle of stewarding your money in a way that expands the kingdom in your heart and the world around you is taking hold of the divine value of generosity. Generosity above fear, Fear of lack, fear of not having enough, fear of not being able to fit in, fear of showing up to a party with ripped holes in your shoes and people not liking you. Generosity over anxiety. Generosity over insecurity, feeling like you're not good enough. Generosity over lack. Generosity over poverty. Even after every severe, even after a season in your life where you've been facing a lot of financial struggle, where it's just been a fight to pay all your bills and whatnot, and then someone all of a sudden you receive a gift of like a thousand dollars or however big your financial struggles were, and it's like your way out, and you're like, that's so awesome. It has to be an option for you to give that. It has to be an option for you to process this with God and ask Him, God, do you want me to give any of this? Even if all you have is ten dollars. Even if that's all you have in your bank account, it has to be an option to give that. Because the, remote, the moment it be, doesn't become an option to give money, you are now serving money and not God. The moment generosity is not your number one value, you are now serving money and not God. We are talking about the stewardship of finances. 
But at the heart of this, this is about freedom. This is about the life Jesus paid for us. John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free, and the truth is that you are free. But sometimes with our freedom, we choose to submit it to something. We choose it to submit it to the worries of this world. We choose it to submit it to money. We choose to submit our freedom to money and we choose to serve money. Many people do this. Many submit their freedom to money and they serve it. You, you know you're serving something as your God if you're receiving from it. You know you're serving something as your God if you're receiving from it. And if your bank account is causing you anxiety, you're serving it. If you look at, if you look at your wallet and you feel fearful about your future, you're serving it. You know you're serving something as your God if you're receiving from it. Many people make decisions defined by finances. They, they, they move cities, houses, families, friendships, communities defined by finances. Now, now it's important to be uh, aware of finances and you're allowed to be influenced by them. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible says um, uh, a wise person counts the cost before he starts to build. Like he's actually influenced by how much money's in his bank account, but he's not determined by it. And we need to not make decisions determined on money. You don't want to move to another city just because the new job pays better. You don't want to walk away from your community just because there's going to be more money there. The moment you do that for that primary purpose, you're now serving money. And money can't look after you like God can. This can be one of the biggest ceilings and devastators of people's relationships with God is, is, their, is their service to money, their love of money. It can be one of the greatest ceilings in that they can be uh, in a relationship with God and they can be serving Him, going to church, they're, they're sharing about His love, they're living an awesome life, but there's just this limit. They're just not quite able to, to be free from money. They're not quite able to actually like tithe to their church. They're not quite able to actually give to those around them. They're not quite able to step out financially um, because, because for them to do that, they have to give up their trust in money. Their trust is too much in their bank account, in their savings, in their ability to earn. And to serve God at the highest level, you have to submit that to Him. That doesn't mean you have to give away all your money. That's an option. It's a really awesome thing to do if God says. But it doesn't mean you have to, but you do have to submit it to Him. It has to be an option. And it's one of the biggest devastators to people's relationship with God. That they're on fire for God and there's this little insecurity down there which no one really sees where they actually trust money more than God. And then something comes along and they get a job offer to go move to Auckland for a better job and they make a decision defined by that. And they get there and they find out in two years, two years' time they haven't been to church in two years, that all their relationships are super dysfunctional. They're married, or maybe not even married, but they've got a baby to someone and just things are not looking great in their life. And they realize, where did this all turn? This turned when they decided to serve money over God, when they made a decision determined by money and not determined by God. Tonight, I'm. It's uh, <laughs> wrong page. Money in itself is not evil, but it's the value that we put on it. We all have opportunities to stop giving. 
And the enemy is always there to coach you in those times. Even if it's for a season, I want to challenge every single one of you in this room to never stop giving. No matter how tight things get, you know, no matter how tough things get, you can adapt and adjust, but never, never shut that door. Never shut that door. The moment you shut that door, you begin to serve money itself. Um, I remember when I went to America, it was the first time, my first year there, and it was like, okay, I'm spending a year in America. I got no income. Well, I, was, I was getting about $150 a month, I think, some support. Um, maybe it was 200 Anyway, uh, I can't work over there on the visa I'm on, and I'm just here for a year, and I'm like, okay, I've got the sum of money, my year's set up, and I'm like, now... Do I, you know, how do I manage giving, you know? Like my whole Christian walk, I've, I've, I've given, you know? Like I've, I've done my best to give as much as I can. And I'm like, can I give in this season? Like can I give in this season when there's no real income coming in? Where I'm not working full-time as an electrician. Where I'm in this country and there's no like way for me to just earn money. Can I still give? And I just made a decision like, no, I'm, I'm going to give to every, every offering uh, I went to in America. I, I made the effort to give. And, and, and on the first day of school, I showed up with $100 because I knew that, that I wanted to start my year sowing into someone's life. There's always opportunities in your life to, give, to, to stop giving, even for a season. But I encourage you to never hand your freedom over and to never serve money. I've heard several testimonies of people who have, who have shared how they stopped tithing uh, or they stopped uh, giving at some level and then all of a sudden things didn't go too well in their life financially and they found themselves in a position tougher. They found themselves financially in a tougher position after they stopped tithing or giving than before. And it's really easy to interpret from that that they stepped out of God's blessing, you know, that, and and that's, that there's truth in that. There's truth in that. Like this, the principle of sowing and reaping, you are reaping in this season what you sowed in the last season. When you stop sowing in this season, you're preparing yourself for a desert season. There is truth in that. But I'd like to propose the, high, the higher principle is when they stopped tithing, that they took their trust away from God and put it in money. And, and I, don't, I, I don't want to say those circumstances that, that went a bit wrong after that would have happened or wouldn't have happened where they carried on, like probably would have been exactly the same. But the reason why those circumstances hurt so much is because they're now dependent upon their circumstances. They're now dependent upon money. And so when something breaks down and you're serving money, then you begin to receive from it. You begin to receive fear. You begin to receive anxiety. Um, They are now trusting and relying on money to provide them peace rather than the Holy Spirit. Um, so halfway through last year, I, um, I placed myself in a position where I realised I was going to be getting married at the end of the year. And for those who don't know, uh, depending on what type of wedding you want to have, it can cost you a lot of money. And um, so but I was like, no, trust God, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but for the last six months of the year, like, it was just crazy. Like, I was just trying to work as much as I could. And I got about three months into that season and I was exhausted, I was tired, I didn't really have peace. I hadn't handed over my value for generosity or tithing, but, but I was challenged. I was severely challenged in that season. And uh, one of my spiritual fathers, he's an Afrikaans, a South African for those who don't know, he lives in California, and I had an opportunity to Skype him. And um, he's very prophetic and knows me very well. And so he's like, how you doing? I'm like, good. And, um, and then he's like, what's wrong? And 
uh, with these people, you know like that they're right, even if you don't believe them. And so instantly, I'm quickly going through a checklist. I'm like, nah, this is good. Um, this is good. Like, it all looks good. And I'm like, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't articulate it like I can now. But I knew there was something around the whole money saga. There was something around the whole thing of that I had taken responsibility of paying for this wedding on my own. That if, if I couldn't conjure up enough money for the wedding, that it, w- that it wouldn't happen. Or it wouldn't, at least, my wife wouldn't be happy. <coughs> but, um, but he spoke to me like a good father in that moment and called me out. And he, he, he prophesied over me, spoke destiny over me, spoke identity over me. He called me into the man who I am. And in that moment, something changed. And for the last three months of that year, I had complete peace that God was going to pay for everything. And he did got to the end of the wedding day and, and was debt-free. And it was amazing. And didn't have to compromise values. So how do you know when you're serving money, you're receiving from it? It has authority over you because you have come under it. So my question for you, where is your peace found? Where does your provision come from in this place? Does it come from the amount of savings or does it come from your Father in heaven? For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has divine purposes for you to discover, not create, and one of those is how he's created you to rule and reign in this life, to rule and reign over money and to not serve it. My desire, desire is that when you walk out of here, you walk out of here free. Um, the last story I'm going to share um, <clears throat> was sitting in a meeting last year. I won't say which meeting I was, uh, <clears throat> but um, I was sitting in a meeting and I was daydreaming, and um, I was just imagining uh, if, if I won lotto, and it was in this season last year, towards the end of last year, and I was imagining if I won lotto, and I was looking at the people in the room, just thinking about how I'd love to pay off their mortgage and pay off their mortgage, and I'd had a few car problems uh, at that time. My car just stopped working for two days uh, until my my, uh, my friend put the spark plug against the outside of the car and it just started going again. So I don't know. But I thought the car was gone and I was feeling really anxious about it. Like, you know, I'm trying to pay for all this stuff and now I've got to buy a new car. And um, But just in that moment when I was just like dreaming with God, I just like thought about my car and I'm like, mm, no, I wouldn't sell it. I'll keep it, keep it for a while until it broke down and died, you know. And, but I just all of a sudden, like, I just felt like I wasn't anxious about my car. I wasn't anxious about if it broke down. I wasn't worried about the mechanical state of my car. It just, it was like, it's just my car. And when it goes, I'll get another. And, and in that moment, I felt like God said, I can't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of, like, you can live like this every day. You can live like this every day. You can choose not to receive from the material possessions you have or don't have in this world. You can choose not to have your peace defined by the mechanical state of your car, but defined by a father that loves you. And so I encourage you in this meeting that that every day can be a day where you win lotto. That that we're partnering with a God who has, has an abundant ability to adjust circumstances in any given moment. And the question is, is our trust in him or is it in finances? Um, so I really felt to do just like a brief response to this. Um, th- this might be like quite challenging for a few people, but um, 
Like, like I said to you, if you're in, this, in the room and you've worried or been anxious about money, everyone put their hand up. So what I'm not, not asking is if, if at some level you've, you've felt anxious about money or in the last season or been worried about it. But I want, I want you to just ask yourself, like, have, is my trust been in money in this last season? Have I been receiving from money? This doesn't mean you're not tithing. This doesn't mean you're not giving. But, but have you been receiving from money in this last season? Have you been serving money in this last season? Have you been finding that, that your peace has been shaken drastically by, by how your car is running, by how your job is going, whether you're going to be getting paid on Monday? And, and if you're in this place, um, I'm just going to ask you to stand up and I just want to pray for you. I know it might be a little embarrassing, uh, but I just want you to know that when you step out in the kingdom, you're celebrated, not looked down upon. And so if you're in this place and you feel like in this last season that, that, that you have been serving money, maybe not with your entire life, but you know it's, it's been ruling and reigning in your life and you, want to, and you want to dedicate this next season and say, God, I want to put my trust in you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm just going to pray for you guys. So feel free to close your eyes and just place your hands out in front of you if you're comfortable. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this room. We invite you into each and everyone's lives who have stood up here tonight, Lord, who have said that, that no longer is money going to have a hold on me, but you are going to have a hold on me, God. And right now in the name of Jesus, I break the assignment of money off these people. And I set them free into a new season, into a season where they will rule and they will reign over what you've placed in their hand, that they will be set free in order to set others free, that they will be known as a generous generation, they'll be known as a people who bless, who pour out, who serve the world around them. They'll be known as generous mothers and fathers, they'll be known as, as heroes in their community. And God, that you would bless them abundantly as they do that. So we just bless what you're doing in each of their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give these guys a hand while they sit? You may sit. That's really beautiful. Um, so I really encourage you, uh, if there will be a prayer team up here at the end, uh, but if you want to pray through anything of that or if you want to talk about that a bit more, uh, even with me, uh, feel free. Um, but I really encourage you that um, <clears throat> uh, response always goes in alignment with repentance, that when there's repentance of thought, uh, that there's an action backing that. And uh, just if there's, there's been areas in your life where you know like, I, I, like God's really put it on your heart in the, uh, recently to be giving to someone or to, to do a particular generous act, then I really encourage you this week to, to act upon that. Um, and as you make sure that the people around you get what they deserve, you position yourself to receive what God has for you. Is that all right? Awesome.